Welcome to the Smoke and Rope Podcast, the show that brings together Michigan's top cannabis growers, advocates, and business owners to offer a fresh and honest perspective of Michigan's cannabis industry. Stick with us to get the lowdown from the people who have been on the ground floor of cannabis business in Michigan and gain insights into where the industry may be heading. Welcome to the Smoke and Rope Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Basor, and today is episode 70, and I'm super excited to have Superior Selections, UP's premier cannabis flower brand, and uh, maybe brand in general. So guys and, and Gail, uh, thanks for uh, being on the show. Thanks for having, thanks for having us. us. All right. And uh, as always, Tom and, and Kevin, thanks for uh, holding it down for me last week. I uh, do want to say thanks to everyone for all the great well wishes. I had a uh, first first uh, baby boy with my wife, and um, I'm on about eight coffees right now because I have night duties. So, um, but still, it's uh, it couldn't couldn't trade it for the world. So, thanks for holding it down last week, guys. And uh, Tom over at Real Leaf, what's happening? Oh, not much, man. Just uh, duking it out here. Croptober fun, you know. <laughs> yep. <laughs> what about you, Kevin? Same stuff, just grinding away. Um, yeah, dude, really, really excited for you and your wife, man. That's that's so awesome and exciting. You guys got a new baby boy on, uh, at the house. Uh, I know it's a big change for you, but uh, it's so awesome, man. I'm excited for you. Yeah, well, well, thank you. Yeah, it is. It is uh, it's pretty surreal. Um, and uh, so today we have uh, Superior Selections with us is Allison Farley, Mikey Gould, Sam Bowen, <laughs> uh, Drew Greipentrog, Justin Havinga, and Jason Bailey. Uh, really excited that uh, Superior Selections is on today as, uh, you know, um, we talk a lot about the UP and the market up there and how a lot of people slept on it and how many people would come across from the western border. Of course, we used to travel around the world to go to find cannabis. Now you can just get in your car and go to Iron Mountain or Crystal Falls or, or Houghton. And, but I'm super interested and in wanting to know, you know, we got a, we got a, a, a mom and pop type operation that's uh, kind of like what I envisioned and, and uh, what, what, what our industry look like when we work so hard to get it legalized and it's different from other states, uh, you know? So with that, uh, I'd, I'd like to uh, hear from Superior Selections and I, I uh, and can't wait to uh, hear about like how you guys got started, what the company's about and what it's like up there. So go for it, please. All right, yeah, well, we might as well start from the beginning. Yeah. We come from caregiver backgrounds. Uh, you know, Justin and I moved up here 2010 just to become caregivers and grow to change the world, you know? And, uh, well, we, uh, you want to take it away? How do we start? What were we doing? Um, we originally, um, one of our friends wanted a countertop and we uh, decided to go check out one of our partners and he is one of our partners now. and. Uh, we went there and we're like, oh, we should do a, a, a commercial grow. And they're like, oh, it's going to be hard. And we're like, oh, whatever, you know, whatever. Well, we ended up doing it. And uh, here we are. We got, uh, I think, 10 people working for us. That Most of us were caregivers. Uh, four. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. We also built 
the facility with help of a few contractors locally from around town. So it's like we got our heart, sweat, soul, tears, soul into this place. And Mikey and Justin are part of that original crew. Everyone else kind of came a little bit later, but we, they, they, the two of them, they bought, uh, you know, a burned out, bombed out warehouse, blank slate on the inside. And Mikey and his brother Anton, they built all these walls in here, everything from the from the ground up. Uh, and it, you know, it was. That, that, that transition from black market to legal market, I think, is one of the things that makes cannabis industry in general very special. But certainly our place right here is very special because of that. We're, we're all incredibly passionate about growing weed, and we have been since before we were able to. So, yeah. uh, since yeah. I can remember. Yeah. yeah. Grown in the edge of farmer's fields. <laughs> that's in a huge facility. Yeah, that's that's incredible. That's um, that was me, but I, I had my wings clipped in eleven. Haven't haven't been able to grow since, and uh, that's fine. I know how much hard work and talent, and the, the world's kind of passed me by on that. But Kevin and Tom here, um, similar stories. Building, build it all. Caregivers growing definitely. Uh, before it was probably all right. Um, so I love that and uh, to hear that and, and you know, like from where I'm at right now in Lansing, it's it's quite a drive up up, up to the UP. And uh, you know, I was just up there for a vendor day tour and uh, got to smoke some of your pre-rolls like we mentioned uh, on the show up from Northern Specialty and Penny and Shelby and the group and they were wonderful. And uh, um, you know, it's, it's, it's awesome that you guys are up there doing that. And so I, I did, uh, you know, want to talk to you a little bit. Obviously, you just talked about coming over from the caregiver market and you guys are known for having pretty uh, strong genetics. Where did you guys, you know, how much of those are carryovers? Are you guys doing any breeding yourselves? And, and what's uh, what's your plan on that to, to continue to evolve? Um, you know, some of the genetics that we have here, him and I have been growing for, years 10, now 15 years. 10 15 um a lot of the other genetics we have transitioned over from caregiver grows into here um we have started yeah, like, some from the genetics like uh the well our superior strain is a uh, purple punch crossed with uh complex kush it's two of my favorite strains too making you know amazing strain and that was right here that was that was bred by our our old battalion. Yeah, right? yeah. Shout yeah. out to our old crew for getting that bread. That's our house strain right now. Yeah, we have popped seeds and strain hunted in here in the past and found some killer like our new lilac diesel. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, platinum Kush breath. Um, yeah, and others just some land races from the past. Our princess Kush. Uh, it's a 30, 40 year old strain coming from guys that taught us how to grow. <laughs> so it's uh, it's just awesome. And we would our seed bank is huge. We have multiples that I, I would just love to go and just pop new ones and keep finding. But the next step is to expand so we have the room to be able to do that stuff. And anyone who knows cannabis knows that phenol hunting, that's that's a long, arduous game. Uh, and that takes a lot of time and a lot of money. So that's something that we're, 
We, you know, we like to pick our pony and and stick with it. But uh, you know, we uh, if you're not growing, you're dying type thing. So we have to be still popping new strains, and that is difficult. The most, the three most recent were Platinum Kush Breath, Super Lavender Butter, and Lilac Diesel, and we've honed in uh, on all three of those now. Mm -hmm. So that who knows what the next seed pop might be? Yeah. Guys, talk to us a little bit about um, working up in Iron Mountain. Uh, how has the community uh, been towards you guys? Have they embraced you guys? And then, uh, you know, through the build-out process, I know it's, uh, for, for me, it was a bit of a struggle uh, here in Lansing. The building department can be somewhat difficult to work with and, and getting your projects completed in a timely fashion. Um, how, how was that for you guys, coming up from caregivers and having to go into a commercial building and retrofit it and, and that process? How long did it take? And, and again, how, how was the community to work with? <clears throat> yeah, the, the build process, uh, it's just under a year. Uh, we had a lot of help from local contractors with, you know, getting ahead of the game. Um, we've had a lot of struggle with stuff like CO2. There's no codes for it. It's plug and play, but it's, you know, there's, there's just not much info on it for growing and having it in a facility. So, I mean, that was a real struggle, but as everything else was just loyal to local. We had a lot of great contractors, uh, former guys, and, you know, uh, we got all our wood from local in town for framing the walls, the metal. Um, these, these guys were great around town here. The good. Yeah, the city, the city helped us. Uh, you know, they, the, the city here, Iron Mountain, they never turn down a business. If you got an idea and you want to open a business, they're going to help you whatever they can do to get you to open that business. And, you know, they, they say that too. Yeah, we've definitely had some really good luck with the local community. We're directly involved with the local chamber of commerce. So finding those connections, creating that network is so detrimental to the success of a business, especially one in the UP as tight knit of a community as Iron Mountain, because we, we allow everybody to get in, it seems like. We're very open, very available to make that opportunity apparent. But if you end up messing that up for some reason or getting on the bad side of locals anywhere in the UP, it, it can be really hard to get that respect back. Yeah, being so small. Yeah. Yeah, it, it seems that having done. that kind of support from the local community is huge. And also, there's something to be said to building something out yourselves. We did the same thing. Uh, actually, a lot of the people who helped uh, build our facility stayed on as full-time growers because they were sick and tired of swinging hammers. And Kalkaska was very, they embraced things, but that gave us the opportunity to pivot at any point in time instead of having to call a whole string of contractors to say okay now we got to change plans because the MRA has decided to change something on us or we found out there is a deficiency that we are unaware of uh, we were one of the first grows if not the first north of Lansing we've been operational for almost three years so we you know, we understand building the plane while you're flying it but staying lean and staying having your own crew that you count on is crucial because especially right now with shortages and labor and materials having the having the support locally is is crucial for your own success and uh, and it shows too all the way through to the flower i'm really excited to see um where is downstate here for us um can you what stores like where can we find your flower because i'd like to actually seek it out or where's the best place to go to find um to find out where we can pick some of your uh products up 
Yeah, absolutely. So right now we just got into 21 dispensaries in the state of Michigan. We're really excited about that. We were only at 15 uh, in July when I had the opportunity to pop over. So we've been working hard this whole summer, making sure to get in there. In Lower Peninsula, the most recent, we got into Herbology. Uh, so we are in their shops. We are also in Doomgrass in Manistee, Bay City and Cadillac. Uh, below the bridge also would be a couple of different Bay City dispensaries. We've got Hashish Boys has one of our concentrates currently. Uh, Lake Effect and Portage is another really good one. They feature our Irukandji, which has been a real hard hitter. If, if you're a fan of Mercy, that is the direction you want to take for our strains. Uh, so those are just a couple of them. You can check out the entire list. We have a ton up in the UP as well. Penny, as you guys mentioned, being one of them. Fire Station locations, the Marquette Dunegrass location, Blazed and Confused, all sorts of great stuff. Cannabis Lucas Cafe. The full list you can find at superiorselectionsmi.com at the very bottom of our page for anyone that has their product in it right now. Awesome. You mentioned concentrates. Are you guys also a processor or do you guys, um, are you working with someone locally? We've had the chance to work with a couple of pretty great processors. Pyramid and Upliftin are our currents right now. So we have a really great collaboration rolling with those guys. Some of our known strains going into concentrates. I know that there's a Siberian tiger berry that's available through Upliftin. That's going to be ours, that you're a kanji whenever you see that. I'm pretty sure in the state of Michigan, I have yet to run across another dispensary that is selling. Uh, so anything with Upliftin is going to say sourced by superior selections right on the box. Really easy to find. And uh, also the pyramid concentrates do a really good job representing yeah, our and also Girl King as well. Yes, Girl King was one of our very first collaborations. Actually, they have we only have a few of their products available right now on our leaf link, but they've been hard hitters. And I believe that Penny may have a couple of them up at her shop too. Awesome. Excellent. Yeah, you mentioned a lot of stores. It's uh, a lot of the stores that uh, Redemption are in. So yeah. that gets me to my next. Uh, my philosophy from day one was. Um, I've been down here battling the uh, the likes of the M MCMA and uh, the pre their pre-existing entities and, and people that's been since uh, 14 really and 15. Um, so I made a choice to try to be in and all the old you know like the mom and pops, the locals, the caregivers, the people that um, you know honestly are running great stores. Uh, it's it's fun to see them. Um, what's your guys's philosophy? Uh, obviously you're you're in a lot of uh, uh, mom and pop, um, you know, really grassroots type stores, um, but also what and what are you guys thinking about doing? Are you guys looking to do this for the rest of your lives? Um, you know, is this, is, yeah, you know, or are you trying to sell in five years? Like, like a lot of uh, folks out there, um, just curious. I think because a lot of us have such a strong passion in cannabis, we're in this for the long haul. I, I don't think that there's any type of a game plan that doesn't directly include cannabis and superior selections in it. We know that this is a really unique opportunity to jump into a market really early, make a name for ourselves, and not only that, educate the community on the products that we're putting out raising that standards on what you're asking for when you're putting those products in for testing. What is the terpene profile? What, you know, the percentage of CFUs that you're going to find in your products. People need to be asking the right questions. And I truly believe that every one of us is here to serve that purpose. I'm so, a cultivator for life. Yeah, so here we are. We're yeah. sticking around, so. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm the, I'm the part of this. Yeah, oh, that, yeah. Yeah. We have an, an excellent investment team. Our ownership squad is amazing. He's actually uh, in local healthcare 
which really makes it a, an awesome scenario for us to help educate and kind of get more of a trust built up specifically with the community, knowing that we're partnered with uh, with a local doctor. Yeah, our, our money is local, our yeah. business is local. Yeah, we and, and speaking to the thought of the community outreach and just the, uh, you know, the, the cottage industry up here, you talk about mom and pop shops, that, that's the entire UP, whether you're selling weed or you're selling syrup or you're canning peaches or something, Everyone's got a business on their front doorstep. So that it's a fairly common thing. Uh, one of the things that we really want to pursue is, is our educational community outreach. So teaching people how to be our competition. Yeah. You know, but, uh, it's kind of one of the things, unfortunately the MRA has made it so unprofitable to sell uh, clones yeah. to people, but that was the, our kind of our end game was we want to tell you what we do and then you can go do it for yourself. And then you can see like that, Hey, we, you know, we're doing it. We're doing it. Okay. You know what I mean? So the, the more people that you can get growing marijuana, the better it is for everyone. So and quality cannabis. Right. And the way that we plan to bring that into fruition in the fall, we actually have an educational series that we do plan to launch uh, locally to bring in locals, teach them how to grow. Like Sam said, mm -hmm. we, why not give them the tools necessary? Because that is a big reason why we're all here right now, because we love growing. And we have such an opportunity. The fact that this business is so young, the education knowledge that we're at Iron Mountain in particular has a relatively old population. So there's a lot, the education is exactly this. Do I eat the whole bar? You know, what? what's the highest percent THC? How high can I get for $10? These are the people that, that we're working with, and we have such an opportunity to curtail that before that snowball goes too far. If you can get people to walk into a dispensary, be it corporate cannabis or not, and and ask for CFUs and, and ask for terpene profiles, you can literally curb the demand to the idea that we're that of what we're doing. And I and I uh, you know former cigarette smoker. I, I probably have never smoked a good cigarette in my life. It's all been corporate tobacco. I wonder if Mikey G would grow me a tobacco plant, how much better it would be. Uh, and that, that, that speaks for, every, for everything. So if we can, if we can force demand uh, to, to desire a, a, a craft product, something that's not mass produced, outdoor acreage, that's good for us. It's good for the consumer. It's good for the industry. It's good for the plant. Yo, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's that is uh, is right on. I, I've been just telling the story this morning. I had a dispensary in Lansing in 2010 and 11, and we had to, all our patients trained like that THC didn't matter. It was terpenes, cannabinoids. It was it was great, you know. And then to be in 2021 and and to have the market in Michigan so. THC driven is 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 tough and it's tough to fight. But like I love I love what you're saying up there. But you guys, uh, after looking at the stores you're in, and then like because I'm I'm in a decent amount of uh, we're in a bunch uh, in a decent amount of UP stores, and I'm excited because um, I'm a big fan of the Midwest. And like uh, I, I'll tell I'll tell people my brands comparatively is pretty well known in Wisconsin and Minnesota and some other states in Indiana. And now looking at your guys is like, holy smokes, like when Wisconsin or, you know, uh, Minnesota goes, like you guys uh, 
we're gonna, you know, it's, a, it's such a great foot in the door when the only way to do it is being in stores on the Western UP. So kudos, that was a, that was a great point. Majority of us moved from Wisconsin, actually five of us, only one. Yeah. I'm from Michigan, but. Yeah, originally Michigan. Oh. Everybody else popped over from Wisconsin for the most part. And out of state, that's, that's yeah. crazy. One of the things that Mikey G and I did in this first year was try to go around to local dispensaries to educate bud tenders on kind of what we're, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, just just to, the CFUs, the cleanness, the. In, so in an attempt because they're the people that have access to the consumer. We're not open to public. We can't tell anybody. And even the, the compliance label, which has all of this wealth of knowledge, is not, if people don't know what they're looking uh, at. The state test date, whether it's remediated or not, those dates are way off if you get it remediated and it retested. Yeah, so that was one thing. If you have a harvest date or a test date that's greater than 30 days away from the harvest date, well, there's a red flag. That is not fresh. That's not, yeah, it could have possibly been pre-remediated, right? So there are yeah. things that we like to discuss with people. Uh, and that's that's just, it's a very, uh, it's a difficult task, but it's an honorable task. And we these are not randos. There are neighbors that are going to the store and buying our pot. There are neighbors. So it's, it's a fun, challenging task that we take very seriously. Yeah, products should be required to have some kind of warning if it's been remediated or some kind of yeah, yeah. anything on there. Yeah, well, ever, you know, the other. They could do it beforehand. <laughs> yeah, the remediated take only comes after a failed safety compliance test. So if you if you use an X-ray irradiating machine to destroy all your yeast and microbials, then you never failed the test to begin with, and thus you don't acquire the remediation tag and now you're smoking x-ray pot man like that if i had the choice i would choose the non-x-ray pot <laughs> and i have a feeling it's it one of those things i have this feeling <laughs> once it becomes legal nationwide and the fda is regulating the consumption of this product that you won't be able to use this x-ray irradiator anymore uh but and this is one of the very few instances in which in which, uh, you know, regulation, I guess uh, the lack of regulation in this point actually works for us. Uh, and we're not utilizing that technology. We don't have a need for it, but uh, that, you know, these people are in business somehow, someone's buying x-ray irradiators. And one of the ways to know is, is to look at your compliance label and understand what those words and, and stuff on there means. And that's gonna be our first uh, starting our lecture series this spring, we're going to be doing open mic nights and, and educational lectures out in the parking lot. Understanding the compliance tag, that's lecture number one. And then we'll be moving on to factors of photosynthesis, getting people growing, uh, you know, growing in their basements, producing more more occult, uh, craft yeah. marijuana, you know, cool. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I commend you guys on your on your approach. It's it's uh, it's definitely warranted that that we need to get out there and spread the word on what's important in cannabis. You know, just recently we've been seeing all the hype with a forty one percent THC strain supposedly floating around the internet. You know, and and Ryan and and Tom and I've discussed this. I'm sure you guys all know that that the THC percentage bullshit. That's just exactly what it is. It's bullshit. 
Um, and so I commend you guys for getting out there and, and speaking to people and getting them aware of what they should be looking for. But I disagree with you. I do think that when the FDA gets involved, that they are going to allow radiated weed because they allow it in Canada. And these big operators can't grow weed that's not moldy. So they're going to lobby for them to be allowed to do this shit. And it's up to us, the, the, the small guys, like you guys, the, the, the soldiers on the ground, to spread the good word and bend that curve in our favor so that we get good products in this country instead of the bullshit that we're forced to eat and the stuff that we're forced to smoke from other dispensaries. So I just wanted to say that real quick. But yeah. uh, my, my question to you guys are, uh, you had mentioned, uh, Ryan was talking about uh, Minnesota and Wisconsin. Um, you guys have plans to expand. Are you guys set in Iron Mountain, want to be there forever? Or you guys want to break this thing open and start to get down below the bridge and, and maybe to some of those other states? Well, first, I guess, is to expand bigger in our facility. We have such a huge facility. We're only in a quarter of it right now. Yeah, we have 54,000 square feet available, and we have 10,000 built out right now. So I guess it would just be getting bigger, and then, yeah, move yeah. on from there. But yeah. Never stop growing, never stop learning. Keep recruiting local community members to jump in and join the team, because as you can see, this is, this is superior selections, which you are seeing right now, with the exception of three people basically yeah. so they're, they're in the trenches right now yeah. Yeah. somebody's got to work <laughs> so uh, any, anytime you have any of our products you can bet that at least one of these spaces has been hands-on with that you know we're hands-on trimming we are hands-on harvest every single thing so being able to open up the door for other people in the community to get into the cannabis industry, even if it's just as a subcontractor and trimming or you know bucking plants, doing whatever it may be, we love being able to give people that chance because most times resumes hit dispensaries and the second they see that there is no experience with other dispos, well, we're gonna put you at the bottom of the pile. So it's great to be able to do that. We just recently brought on another subcontractor. They are amazing to work with. And some of them actually work with a few of the dispensaries in the UP. So uh, love having the opportunity to open up some doors for people. I got a, I got a question. Uh, I'm fascinated about um, the other states and like you guys now, you said uh, some of you from Wisconsin. Uh, Give a shout out. My dad grew up in Packwaukee, and my brother did a federal prison in the medium in Oxford. So we've been there a few times. But uh, um, what what are your friends saying um, that back uh, about what's going on? What's the attitude with the government there? I know the Republican governor for all these years. I believe it's Scott Walker's kind of kind of uh, stopped it. What what's happening there? What's, what, the, what's the, attitude? the Tavern League rules Wisconsin. Wisconsin is a great <laughs> state. Yeah. They they base their whole state sales on their alcohol. That's what the And they see and they see that obviously when states that legalize alcohol sales go down. So but like uh, we we come from Appleton area, me and Justin, and mm -hmm. College Avenue. There's uh, 35 bars in two miles, maybe more than that, less less mileage, something like that. Yeah, you see the memes that come out, like the country's drunkest cities, and there's like 95% of them are Wisconsin. Yeah. yeah, no, that's that's wild. Um, what's uh, what's your friends and family's attitude like about what you guys are doing up here, and are you getting more and more people asking to, to come to and join what you're doing? Uh, all my friends know I've been growing my whole life, so they knew I was going to end up doing this. 
We've yeah. tried getting yeah. other people, no one's wanted to come here. Yeah, the <laughs> funny thing is, the Drew's mom just came in and, and took a tour of the facility, and she's definitely yeah. supportive of the Dreams. Drew's been chasing after this for quite some yeah, time as well. Long time. So, Friends are waiting for kids to turn 18. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Another thing, speaking of um, the tours and whatnot, we love getting community members in here to take tours. You know, having a family day, I think, would be great because I am definitely the black sheep of my family personally and jumped entirely out of my base in radio, which is where I initially came over from, to get involved in cannabis at the, the very beginning, I would say, of the craziness, right as COVID kicked off. So trying to change the opinions, change the stigma as a, as a single mom of a seven-year-old, it is so important. You know, parents and cannabis, I, I love it. It's great to see. It's amazing how quickly you can change attitudes, though, with just a tour and some education. You know, yeah. it's like, look, it's not the boogeyman. It doesn't bite. Yeah. Well, uh, I have a heart out today, everyone, and I'm I am uh, super thankful to to talk to you guys, and I'm I'm definitely gonna do some following up, and we're gonna want you back on the show, and we want to hear about the lecture days and and all of that. I'm super thankful. Um, that you read uh, that we you know we're communicating on the uh, smoking rope podcast IG but uh, I wanted to let uh, before we go I wanted to oh yeah I, I'm sorry I'm sorry Ryan I just had a question for Tom down there real, really if I figure you got three years of expertise I was hoping to uh, well you know our community is great but we we do still get some kind of complaints about the smell right so like we've got the air scrubbers we got the owner buckets we got the ozone machine is there anything else or is it just more of that <laughs> other <laughs> so than you, you know come up with like hey you could plant lilacs outside oh great it will smell like different flowers yeah yeah, yeah right you know so yeah like, that's <laughs> the thing uh that is a tough one man um Typically, I've been saying from the beginning to anyone that I talk to locally is that you you bring cannabis into your community, there's going to be an odor. But most of the odor mitigation strategies, the only ones that kind of not even really work, they involve emitting other volatile organic compounds into the air to mask it. So you really have to kind of, you know, pick one. And uh, yeah, I don't really have a good answer for that. Uh, just community outreach and just keep trying to um, get involved and you know we've been involved in a lot of projects for uh, working on a skate park and uh, a handicap accessible playground and just kind of showing that hey you know we want to do all these things we you know we're here and maybe <laughs> maybe that odor isn't so bad but I don't know where you guys are located um, you know your your industrial zone versus your uh, residential, but um, yeah, it, it can be a little bit tricky. You know, the really the only the scrubbers and the uh, you know those the, um, the you know sending other terpenes, basically using diffusers in your exhaust in order to mask is probably one of the only successful things I've heard of. So I mean, that's what happens when you grow dank weed, man. It's gonna smell good. What do you want? Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just, just send. Just send it through the willow, kill all the terpenes, dude. It'll smell like cardboard. It'll be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> no problem, dude. You got this. Thank you. Thank you for that. We appreciate it. Kevin, do you have any uh, final thoughts or goodbyes? 
No, I had a lot of fun with you guys today. It was nice meeting you guys. Um, you know, I didn't know what to expect when we jumped on today, uh, kind of like every week. And uh, every week, it's a new <laughs> surprise. And uh, it was like I said, it was, it was super cool to talk to you guys. I appreciate you guys taking the forefront on educating the patients and the and the consumers because that's uh, that's something that's on kind of our shoulders because uh, these big, big cor- corporate companies, they want the exact opposite. They want them dumb and they want red and, red and green buttons and stupid shit like that. So I uh, appreciate you guys and uh, glad to have you on the show and uh, wish you guys all the best. Thank you. Tom? We always love, always love meeting like-minded people. Love your story. Love, you know, the, just keep it up. You know, I think if we can ever break off and have some time to do like a facility swap for tours and stuff, I'd love to bring my team up. And I'm definitely going to keep an eye out for superior selections at the dispos and pick some up when I see it because mm-hmm. that's, uh, I love what you guys are doing. I can't wait to try your products. Awesome. Thank awesome, you. Man. Thank, Thank you. you. You guys have any uh, final goodbyes? Keep on grinding. Keep on growing. Grow and learn. Well, thanks. Thanks for coming. Thanks for coming on. This is, uh, it's great that, uh, you know, for me, like always meeting, meeting new people and knowing there's people like, like all of you out there doing what you're doing is, uh, you know, it's, it's uplifting uh, when there's a lot of negativity. So uh, I love what you guys are doing. Thanks, uh, thanks for being on, and we're gonna love to have you in the future. So with that, see everybody next week. Thank you. Thank you. The Smoke and Rope Podcast is produced and hosted by me, Ryan Basor, the owner of Redemption Cannabis. Have ideas for episode topics or would like to be a guest on the show? Contact us at Ryan B at RedemptionCanna.com. Thanks for being along for the journey. <laughs>